Hello everyone, welcome to Then Now Whatever, the wrestling podcast, episode 17. I'm your host, the Doctor Among Men, Duncan Joyce, and I'm joined once again by the hardest working Triple H mark in show business, Mr. Kyle Cambry. Hello, welcome to the show. How's it going, Kyle? It's going good. Doing a lot of teaching hours now. Wrestling's picking up, and Bolton seems to be trying to get out of the relegation zone, so all is good in the world of Kyle. (laughs) Selling to spend on loans. Yes. Quite a weird one waking up to that this morning. We've got Zach Clough back. I wish it had happened sooner, because it was obviously one up to much. Yeah. Other than that, I'm good. How are you? I'm well, yeah. I'm hopefully starting as a tutor. I think I've got one people lined up already. Brilliant. Got that to tide me over. So looking for some grad schemes and doing really weird video interviews where there's no one to interview you. It must be really bizarre. We do that as well with the acting side where you do like an audition tape. Mm-hmm. So you just speak to the camera, answer all the questions and then do your monologue that you've performed and then send it off. And it's so weird because you just think, well, I actually haven't spoken to anyone so I don't know how this has gone. <laughs> <laughs> Very bizarre. We had a lot of fun on Monday with our Royal Rumble viewing party. Yep, we tried to stay away from the internet as much as possible. I think some of us are more successful than others. Yeah, a few things snuck through, but we, we did well in, the, in you know, there were still a lot of surprises for us. Mm. Yeah, it's an eventful weekend all around, so yeah. WrestleMania season is underway and we're going to get right into it with the 2018 Royal Rumble from the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 17,629 fans in attendance. Did you catch any of the pre-show, Kyle? I caught a little bit of the pre-show. I saw the 205 match. I also saw the final match, the Bobby Roode Mojo Rally. They were okay. They were as a pre-show match would be. The fans coming in, which it, it always confuses me. You know, the, the, there was what? Maybe 100 people in attendance when the first match started. They just need to rethink this, really. So it's a two-hour pre-show. They literally start people talking when the doors open. So they really need to think, okay, do they really need three matches on the pre-show? Do they just have two in the second hour? Why not wait until the top of the hour for the first match? You can just jumble things about and fit everyone in. Yeah. (sighs) But, yeah. As you mentioned, the opening contest was a six cruiserweight tag match. Callisto, Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik taking on TJP, Drew Gulak and Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Gentleman! But he's a heel. That's not very heelish being gentlemanly. No, and I, I don't really like his heel gimmick. Couldn't they rename him, like I don't know, Dastardly Jack Gallagher? Yeah. He's got a bit of a twinge of Dick Dastardly to him. That's Wrestling in the Swede. Yeah. I don't know. The whole gentleman Jack is sort of, you know, your your hero and your we take this for Great Britain sort mm. of thing. And yeah, weird. The highlight of this match was an amazing triple moonsault from out of the same corner by all of the baby faces. Yes, oh my word. Stunning that they pulled that off. That's the good thing about having the big posts now. Yeah. People can stand on them and do stuff. He was isolating Dorado to get the advantage, and TJ hot-shotted Dorado right in front of Callisto, and Callisto didn't even bother to try and reach for a tag. No. So they need to sort their positioning out there. <laughs> There's a funny spot where Jack gets on the second rope and has an argument about jumping off it with Drew Gulak. 
And then, did you hear when he missed? He crawls over to Drew's like, you were right. <laughs> Brilliant. In the finishing stretch, you had the double handspring stunner from Dorado. Maybe we should call it the Lince injection. Mm, like that. Yeah. <laughs> double topic on Hilo by Grand Metalik. And then Callisto escapes a reverse victory roll with the Salida del Sol to pin TJ in 13 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, I mean, other than that moonsault spot, there was nothing of note until the closing stretch, really. Yeah, just like we said, just your typical pre-match, just everyone, it was like a warm-up match. Do you want to briefly go over what's been happening since Rumble with 205? They've now started the Cruiserweight tournament to see who's going to be the new champion. And we have a new GM, which is Spud from TNA. And I can't think of the name that he's going under now. It's like um, Drew Maverick, Danger Maverick. Yeah, uh, something like that. But he's, he's perfect for the role. He came out with Daniel Bryan, and I kind of expected this whole anti-fight the system from the fans. You know, this is our new GM, be nice to him, sort of thing. But the fans seem to take to him straight away. I don't know whether it's because he obviously didn't knew him previous things. But yeah, he, he's loud, he's brash, and that's kind of what we want on 205. And then the two matches that were on 205, Cedric Alexander, who fought Grand Matalik, which was a really good match. Cedric Alexander got the win. Second match, we had Tyler Bates and we had TJP. Really, really, really don't like the new TJP at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's something about, I don't know whether it's his heel style that he's got at the moment, there's something that I miss. But he, he beat Tyler Bates. It was a good match, I enjoyed it. And I definitely think that people should get back into 205 now Enzo's gone because it will start getting good. I'm going to go like full on smart here being like pinnacky here about yeah. things but fuck it he's one of our guys. I'm not a fan of Tyler Bate coming into 205 Live twice now with very little fanfare and losing. Yeah. And no. especially losing to Crybaby Losing Street TJP. No, I, I agree, and his entrance, there wasn't a lot of reaction to it, whereas on NXT, there's a lot of reaction when he comes out. I agree with that. I'm unsure of why he was in the 205 tournament. I mean, again, I guess he's under 205, but I don't understand the, the logic of it. Surely you would get some another 205 guy in there instead. But yeah, I do think people should get on to watching 205. The purple patch is back. Mm -hmm. And to their credit, they did the right thing this week and they plugged that Roderick Strong is going to be one of the men in the tournament. Yes. In the following episode. Yeah. Like with Tyler, it's just like, oh, just before SmackDown was starting, oh, what's Tyler Bate doing here? Is this something to do with 205 Live? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the notice, you know. Yeah, it's good now that they've given you a week to to really get excited for what's coming up. Yeah, no wonder who else we might have for sure. I know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. The second match on the pre-show, the one you missed, was a tag team match for Revival taking on the Good Brothers. And we get clips of the Revival getting beaten up by everyone at Raw 25. Yeah. The Revival are a good team and they didn't deserve to get beat up. But I do think that the Good Brothers are also worthy of more than what they got. Hopefully, with them having this association with Finn now, yeah. they're going to have a bit more momentum as well. Mid-match, you get a dragon screw leg whip 
into the ropes that Caesar Revival start working on Anderson's leg. Then there's this weird sliding nothing that stops Gallows from making a tag. Just literally one revival lad moved in on on Anderson, yeah. and then the other just is like, ta-da! In front of Gallows, is like, no, you're not, you're not doing anything, mate. Like, okay. <laughs> Gallows eventually gets the tag, but then tags out really quickly trying to get the magic killer, but unfortunately it was countered. Gallows gets hit into the post, and then a chop block to Carl's injured leg gets the revival of a victory in 9 minutes and 10 seconds. In what was just a really basic, old-school, like, chess match. Yeah. It's nothing much to it, really. The main event of the pre-show was Bobby Roode's US Championship Open Challenge. You spotted this on Twitter. I forgot to chase up on this. The nameplate on the US title was blank. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Is that a new thing, or should it say Bobby Roode? I wonder if, like, he lost the belt or accidentally took like the house show belt with him to the show instead yeah because you know like the, like the cruiserweight title they have this black strapped belt for like to save the condition of the main belt yeah so I just wondered if that might have been it or... possibly I just it just seems really weird to be on a high class pay per view and your name's not even on the belt it just seemed really weird and my, my other thing was is he going to lose to whoever comes out and that's why his name's not on the belt for them to then etch it in for when go out mm. but then when Mojo Rawley came out I was like oh, that's not happening is it <laughs> yeah so as you say Mojo answers the challenge after Rude cut a promo we get a Russian leg sweep by Rude before he gets shoulder barged into the barricade blockbuster by the glorious one and then both men trade spine busters before Bobby gets the foot up from Mojo's charge and hits the tornado glorious DVT for the free count to retain his championship in 7 minutes 45 Bobby tried, but this was less than glorious. Yeah. I think it was down to his opponent more than anything. Nothing against Mojo as a guy, but, you know. I've heard there was supposed to be someone else as the opponent, and they wound up in the Royal Rumble, but we'll get into that. We will get into that. This past Tuesday, Rusev is the new number one contender. He had a bit of a stare down with Bobby Roode. I think it's a good decision, because I like Rusev. And the whole Rusev Day chance, and I think that it'll be a good match because Rusev isn't a heel, but he's not a face. The fans seem to just enjoy Rusev. Yeah, they haven't accepted the fact that everyone just chants along with everything when it comes to Rusev, and he's still like, we're going to try and make him act like a heel, even though the will of the crowd is there to cheer him on. Yeah. So I'm quite excited to see where this will go in the next few weeks. But mm. yeah, Rusev is our new US number one contender. It's lucky that he's able to challenge for the title on Rusev Day, though. I think that'll give him a bit of a home field advantage. Yes, yeah, yeah. On to the main show. And the opening video package is narrated by Keith David. Get in. Woohoo. He says, tonight there will be more rumble than ever. <laughs> Which is very much true. Yeah, and that, that was a very good... Very good voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is the Monday Night War. The opening contest of the main show is the handicap match for the WWE Championship. AJ Styles, the champion, defending against the collective might of the Yep movement. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, Sami Zayn? Or, uh, uh, oh, Sami Zayn, that's right. 
Oh, they had a great time on the pre-show. Yeah, they pretty much took the piss out of everything going. I just love like the closing 90 seconds like all in French. Like, yeah. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> With 90 champions, the Yep movement almost got screwed over by Shane McMahon deliberately not counting in the tag team match. Yeah. I'm still unsure this whole Shane and Daniel Bryan thing. I mean, we said it while we was watching the Rumble. Just what is going on? I'm confused and I don't, I don't know. WWE, I'm going to let Daniel Bryan wrestle. So why is he being a dick that teases for him to have a wrestling match? I'm confused. I think Shane McMahon is more of a dick in this situation. And we're supposed to still like Shane, even though the Yet movement have been saying that they've got that he's got this vendetta against them, and he literally acted like he had a vendetta against them in the match where their careers were on the line, and still we're supposed to be like, oh yay, Shane McMahon! You know? To be fair, Kevin Owens headbutted his father. It takes a lot to forgive and forget that. Do you think Vince woke up in 2001 and that's why we got the XFL Fuck it, guys. <laughs> I lost my pager, damn it. You could be quite right there. <laughs> so this match opens up with lots of faffing around with tags and the crowd chant for Mike Kyoto. Byron finally grows some balls confronting Corey Graves. Oh my his god, body. that's hilarious. It's like, how about you shut your mouth and listen to me? <laughs> that is the best thing when you hear commentators argue. Scripted or not, it doesn't sound scripted, and I love it. The opening half of this match is very much AJ getting some kind of offensive advantage, but then the heels tagging out and everything resets. Mm. I thought it was cool. Sammy was doing the mud hole stomping in the corner and fans were chanting yep along with it. Yeah. And like the watts. We get an electric chair face plant by Owens for a near fall, but then he misses a cannonball in the corner and it hurts the leg that he injured on SmackDown the previous week. It keeps feeling like you're kind of expecting a hot tag in this match and you just can't get it because the babyface is always constantly trying to like remain at the level that they're at instead of like, oh, there's a sudden you know change in momentum for them. Yeah. But eventually AJ gets a good run in and hits a picture perfect moonsault reverse DDT to Sami Zayn. Incredible. Like there the wasn't even a part of the move when Sami catches him that they needed time to adjust. It just went sh- Oh, yeah. Incredible. There's very, very few people that AJ has paired off with to do that move with in the WWE. Like, he did it all the time in TNA, but, like, he tried it with Kofi, I think that was the last time we saw it. And Yeah. Yeah, you could tell he thinks, like, highly of people and, like, the technical prowess and stuff. Yeah. Owens winds up in the calf crusher, but Sammy saves him from submission. How long did that calf crusher go on for? And where the fuck was Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I, I'm sure Kevin's he's going to tap. He's going to tap. Oh, no, that's sorry. <laughs> and then the camera angle. Mm, I don't know. I kind of appreciated it because, like, if you'd have had it from, like, the regular hard camera, you would have seen Sammy coming in. Yeah. And you'd be like, all right, we're just going to break it up now. Mm. But Sammy and the cameraman were, like, at the same side of the ring. So Sammy had to, like, zoom into the shot instead yeah. of, like, Oh, he's there already. Oh, this is going to happen. I think we're going to end up seeing more of that 
stuff moving forward because it's more of an artistic shot than than just your normal regular shots that you're used to. Mm. And it'd be it'd be nice to to see more of them artistic shots. Kevin super kicks AJ from the apron, and that allows Sammy to get the blue thunderbomb for a near fall. Sammy actually beat AJ with that move a week prior on SmackDown. Yeah. So it's good, logical, build it up so, oh, you get a hot or near fall yeah. on the actual show than you would have if you hadn't done that kind of work. Yeah, shows that there are still some brains within the SmackDown writers. Mm. AJ gets the phenomenal forearm, but Kevin saves a fall this time. And then we get the finish, where Sammy leaps for a tag, and AJ cuts him off. And then somehow, the referee randomly decides to look away when Sammy was really close to getting the tag. Presumes that the tag is made, even though it wasn't. Sammy gets dumped to the outside, and then AJ counters the pop-up powerbomb with a victory roll and gets the free count, pinning Kevin Owens, even though he wasn't a legal man, to retain his championship after 15 minutes and 55 seconds. Now, I've re-watched that a few times. Yep. And I don't know whether you've noticed, but Kevin Owens moves his arm so it's diagonal for the, the audience that are listening. I'm sat opposite Duncan. Yeah. And my hand is pointed at Duncan. Yeah. Okay? So you're Sami Zayn, you can easily tag my hand. Kevin Owens moves his hand to a diagonal so he's pointing away so when Sami puts his hand down, he completely misses Kevin's hand. Right. And I was like... That's Kevin's fault then, not Sammy's. That's interesting to me because all of my attention was focused on the referee. Yeah. Because like when Sammy was making his final swipe to get the tag, Kyoto was like suddenly like, oh shit, I've got something in my eye. Like nothing yeah. seemed to prompt the change in direction of his, of his vision of, of view. No. Go back and watch and you'll see... Kevin Owens moves his, his arm away yeah. and then he comes back to nearly touch Sammy's and then it moves back again. It, mm. Yeah, you can you can see clearly because of where his elbow is on the ropes because his elbow moves across the rope. That, it was interesting when I, when I watched that. Yeah, lots of dodgy tag spots tonight. Yeah. Just thoughts on the match in general? It was never going to be an all-star match, wasn't it? Handicaps are never great, really, in the sense of, of things. I think AJ did really well coming back with his, his one-man hotspots. But yeah, it, it was an okay match. You know, there was nothing special. Yeah. yeah. I, I found this enjoyable. The first half, with all the resetting and stuff, just weighed it down a bit. But they got going in the end and now had some good stuff down the stretch. Backstage, we see the Yep movement confront Shane McMahon, who couldn't give a shit. Shane, I'm sorry for yelling, but... <laughs> I love my shit. My favourite line out of that was when he said, Did you see AJ? He shook Sammy over the ropes like a psycho! <laughs> like, yes! <laughs> it's a wrestling match! That'll be a DQ in WCW! <laughs> We're already around a third of the way into the show. So, thought we'd take a break and point to the WrestleMania sign. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Kyle, what is your favourite? WrestleMania sign spot. Oof. The Batista Cena. When they, they both stared at each other, both pointed. And it's the, the controversial whose foot hit the floor. Oh, yeah. It's not even the, the pointing at the WrestleMania sign moment. It's that whole bit, who's going to win, and then 
them both touching the floor at once, you know, was it planned? Was that a fuck up? What happened there? It was remarkable. Like, the, the general consensus is it's a fuck up, but if that had been the intended finish, they couldn't have executed it any more perfectly. No. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> yeah, which of you actually took first? <laughs> Yeah, it's the video evidence, it's incredible. You watch that over and over again and you still, you can't work out who's foot touch first. I don't know. It's not like Vince's quads. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when it slides in, it's obviously... <laughs> That's funny. Ah! You! You! Like they perpetuate the story that he tore both of them sliding in. He only tore one, and then he tried to go to the back unassisted and that's what tore the other one yeah so it was you know a lot less of a close call there yeah two highlights for me one actually you know legitimately good one lol undertaker and triple h yeah triple h <laughs> i i made sure that i didn't mention triple h but you've got to mention it <laughs> oh bets are off the night after Elimination Chamber 2011, just like looking at the sign, like, oh, right, yeah, you want to yeah. do this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really cool. And then my ironic favourite, Royal Rumble 2008, Orton wins the match. Yeah. Points at the sign, nothing happens. So he stares a hole into the camera in the corner, is like, I'm pointing <laughs> at it. I'm pointing at it, something's supposed to fucking happen. And then Charles Robinson has to scramble in the ring. He's like, you need to stand on the buckle. Like, what? And then Orton has a little tantrum. Like, why? And then he finally stands on the buckle and looks and points. And finally the fireworks hit. That's hilarious. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. That's funny. <laughs> Brilliant. Mwah. Staring all in the camera. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Oh, man. Our second match on the main card is the two out of three falls match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Usos were champions defending against Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. I don't know about you, but whenever I see Gable and Benjamin come out, I always have this craving for Kiara. Yeah. Kiara! 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 Why the two out of three falls stipulation? Well, there was a controversial match between the two on the weeks prior on SmackDown, where Gay Benjamin won and the referee overturned the decision. And like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's have a more definitive matchup then. Yeah. The Usos come out and they cut a pretty fun promo promising to get silly up in Philly and saying, they're staying ready, so we ain't either got to get ready. I love it. I love the Usos. I think they're brilliant. But... Skipping back to Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin's entrance. Yeah. No reaction. Mm. Nothing. Silence. You didn't really get a proper definitive turn from them, really. Yeah. Like, they were supposedly the good guys and the rest of the Usos once. And Gable attacked one of their knees like out of revenge for what they did to him like months ago. And you know, you were supposed to get from the intensity of the attack, like, oh, well... Maybe we're not supposed to like them as much, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, didn't get, like, the promo time to justify them themselves, properly get over that they've got a new attitude and stuff. Yeah. I just think that the wrestling style is great, but on the mic, not so much. 
but you could definitely see which out of the two which tag team was over because there was a huge pop for the Usos. Early on, the Chaos Theory gets blocked and a bunch of super kicks get dodged. Jimmy gets his knee worked over and eventually hits a dragon whip to get the tag to Jay, who shitcans both heels to the outside and dives onto them from opposite ends of the ring in turn. Yeah. Really cool. Freaking tiger suplex by Chad Gable gets a near fall. Oh my word. That was cool. That brought back the old times. You don't see that a lot. No. no, the last time I remember seeing it was at WrestleMania 30 when Gribble did it against Daniel Bryan. Yeah. The Doomsday Powerbomb gets temporarily countered, but Shelton powerbombs Jay into Jimmy and hits the pay dirt and gets a near fall. I have to say, there's lots of kickouts in this match for something that's you know, a two out of three falls match. Yeah, it was like the first fall was very important. Like, that's the kind of the way that it was going. Mm. And even the commentators was hinting at that by saying, what's it going to take to get the first the first pinfall? It's weird, because we had this discussion on Monday night. Two out of three falls is such a weird concept. So the first pinfall shouldn't be the one that you're struggling to get. The first pinfall should be the easy one. And it's then the one to either make it one all or to make it two nil that's the one that, that takes the most effort is the way that I would see it anyway. yeah yeah I totally expect that as well yeah Gable hits as Corey Graves puts it a sky high moonsault onto both of the Usos oh you better recognise <laughs> <laughs> the heels get confused about which Uso was legal and that leads to Gable eating a superfly splash but that doesn't get the pin it was at this point I noticed the gold teeth on one of the Usos. I'm like, how are they illegal? Mm, Dracula teeth. Yeah, they've got the prominent canines yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think it was like the, the third tooth along was gold as well on the top. Mm. I don't know. I guess they figured, like, well, technically biting is illegal anyway, so, you know, all bets are off and well, whatever's inside your mouth, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Certified 18 episode. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that went from zero to one hundred. <laughs> the chaos theory gets countered again, and the Usos do a super kick sandwich that gets them the first fall, so they're leading one nil. The challengers immediately fire back, doing their finisher on the outside to Jimmy. That looked like it hurt. Mm. But out of nowhere, Jay gets a surprise cradle on Benjamin to get the free count. To defend their titles, winning 2-0 after 13 minutes and 55 seconds. That ending was weird. I mean, the way that Gable jumped off the turnbuckle seemed like that wasn't the end. Mm. It shouldn't have ended like that. Yeah, so he was diving off the top to like try and save the fall, but it looked like he was deliberately pulling himself up short so that he didn't actually break it on accident. Yeah, but the, he landed quite a while after the three count. Mm. So I don't know, it just seemed really bizarre. And if he wasn't going to get there in time, surely you would stay on the turnbuckle or you just get down from the turnbuckle mm. instead of launching yourself. I enjoyed the match. thought it was good. Still not won over by Gable and Benjamin. The Usos, great as usual. They know how to work their opponents. They're really good with their own spots. They're really good at... at telling a story yeah that was really really good 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you here. Yeah, it's really good action. Just the finish was a bit weak. They had nice chemistry together. Yeah. It felt to me like they weren't working to the stipulation. Like, what's the point of having the two out of three falls match if you're going to wrestle that way? Like, with the long opening fall and the quick yeah. closing fall. Well, what did Dave say? <laughs> Don't get the point of two out of three falls matches because if you're losing 2 0, then what's the point? And then what happened? <laughs> they lost 2 0. <laughs> Dave had a lot of weight with predictions that night, didn't he? Yeah, I totally see his point though. Like, if it's that definitive, why was it a title match? Yeah. It felt like they needed a stipulation for the match as opposed to the match needing a stipulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We then get an advert for WWE 24 WrestleMania Orlando. I really enjoyed it. Did you get a chance to catch it? Yeah, I thought it was good. Interesting to, to listen to The Undertaker. The interview that he did in the, in the car was quite sombre and very eerie. But yeah, the, the whole episode was really good. Mm. really enjoyed it. My highlights revolved around John Cena, actually. Did you see where he accidentally got lost? Yeah. <laughs> to... um, um, yeah, those those letters were going to use as <laughs> I feel like I'm having a spinal tap moment here. <laughs> and then he bumps into Jimmy Fallon backstage like, I'm going to look directly at you. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Good. Up next is the men's Royal Rumble match. Allo Black does the theme song. Ace. The preview video the participation of Mojo, Bobby Roode, Gallows and Anderson, the Bludgeon Brothers, Zack Ryder, and Jason Jordan. What's that? None of them are in the match. Spoilers. Mm, yeah. Who could be replacing them? I don't know, yeah. So, going into this, who were your favourites to win? I kind of thought Randy, again, and Finn were my two. Yeah, Randy, because I thought I just I'd heard rumblings of another Randy Rumble win, and then Finn. I was thinking that Finn would jump to SmackDown and go against AJ. Yeah, they were they were my two logic decisions. Yeah, I was kind of following your train of thought with this as well. I felt like this would be the point to give SmackDown's title match the spotlight because Raw have a chamber and Brock. Is he balls going to work that pay per view? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was fully expecting a SmackDown win here. Mm. Shinsuke was my main one, just because you know I really want to see that AJ and Shinsuke match again. Yeah. I was hopeful that that get pulled out, and I'd also heard rumblings of someone else that we'll get into as they appear. You got the random number generator up on your phone and yes. gave us all numbers. So Kyle, you got number six. I did. Yes. I got drawn number 16, and Dave got drawn number 27. So keep your ears open for those numbers as we go through the match. Coming out to join commentary is Jerry the King Lawler. (laughs) Immediately when I saw this, I was like, I'm going to need another drink. And up you pop to get (laughs) another drink. (laughs) Tenuous link, like, oh boy, it's the Royal Rumble, he's the king, you know. But then... We obviously knew that he he was talking about what you needed to do in the Rumble. And we all know that he hid under the ring during the Rumble. <laughs> yeah. So he's full of shit, basically. 
out first at number one. Appropriately enough, on Rusev Day, is Rusev! <laughs> and the crowd fucking love it! Yeah. And he does a little Hulk Hogan <laughs> shirt tear as well. Number two, out in regal maroon coloured gear, is Finn Balor. Yeah. As soon as he came out, we pretty much all said he, he's going to last the, the whole way. Yeah, you always have someone out there who's supposed to be in there for a long time and, like, glue the match together. Yeah. So you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be Finn's turn then. Yeah. Out at number three is Rhino, who, appropriately enough, gets ECW chance and he suplexes everyone down. Number four, Baron Corbin counters the goal with a deep six and eliminates Rhino, but then Finn sneaks from behind and quickly tosses Baron Corbin. Nice. Did not expect him out that soon. No, no. He has a paddy and twats everyone on the floor in frustration, including, coming out at number five, Heath Slater while he's making his entrance. <laughs> Poor lad. Number six, Kyle's entry. <laughs> is Elias, who comes out playing his guitar and is actually finally walking as he invites us to walk with him. Yeah. <laughs> he gives Heath a little kick <laughs> when he's walking past him as well. Number seven, the first shock of the night, the NXT champion, Andrade Cien Almas. Yeah, did not expect the champion to be there. That was a nice surprise. He gives Heath a kick in as well. <laughs> and he wrestles a really nice exchange with Elias doing his corner knees and only getting clothesline down at the end. Number eight is Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Heath is slowly crawling to the ring, but then... Nah, Bray's having none of it and kicks him back down again. <laughs> Number nine is Big E, who comes out and feeds Heath pancakes on the outside. <laughs> then number ten, for the second year in a row, is Ty Dillinger, accepting no-shows. And we cut to the back, and the Yep movement are beating him up. And Sammy nicks his spot instead. Yeah. Number eleven, Sheamus is the guy to finally put Heath Slater in the ring, but then immediately Heath clotheslines Seamus over the top! Fantastic stuff. <laughs> Cole points out, Seamus eliminated on his birthday! And Corey quips, Seamus' birthday is on Rusev Day! <laughs> Number 12 is Xavier Woods, who double teams Sammy and Elias, along with his partner Big E. Number 13 is Apollo Crews, who is completely ineffective. What a fall from grace. He's hard from NXT. You'd think you'd like, try and pair off with someone to get some spots in, but no, he just like joins a pile, or, like piles in trying to eliminate someone. Yes. Do something to get yourself noticed, man. Number 14, Shinsuke Nakamura arrives. Oh, the whole stadium just began the violin. Sing along, yeah, incredible. All r- while he's running wild with his knees and his kicks and his opening going as well. He's yeah. just, oh, man. He eliminates Sammy with the knee draped across the top turnbuckle, and then number fifteen Cesaro comes out, nearly murdering Xavier Woods with a uppercut. Yeah, oh man, the back of his head nearly hits the bottom rope. It's grim. Yeah. So number sixteen, the guy I was drawn. Kofi Kingston. Like, oh shit, I'm not going to win now, am I? Because he's going to have some dafty spot where he almost gets eliminated. It's like, oh my god, how did yeah. he stay in? But it's going to be like so risque. So, you know, they're never going to have him win, are they? 
he immediately gets clattered with an uppercut by Cesaro <laughs> as well. It's like, oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. Cesaro does really well surviving Apollo's attempts to eliminate him and uppercuts Apollo out of the match. Number 17, Jinder Mahal, who really needs a haircut. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Jinder Mahal. No. He eliminates Woods and then Big E. And then number 18 is Seth Rollins coming out in his Guy Fieri tights. I absolutely love them tights. I think they're brilliant. Yeah. They're fantastic. He hits sling blades on everyone. And then there's a dodgy spot where he tosses Cesaro over, over the top rope with a monkey toss that had zero momentum to it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you could see the jump. It was incredible. <laughs> oh, dear. Jinder nearly tosses Kofi out, but Kofi's right foot lands on Xavier Woods. And then he rests it on a tray of Big E's pancakes. The most ridiculous spot I've ever, ever seen. And I thought the whole chair jump was the worst one yeah. I've seen. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is another of Dave's sticks as well. He's like, they've got nowhere to go yeah. with Kofi's <laughs> eliminations now, haven't they? <laughs> Jinder's blocking Kofi's re-entry into the match. So the New Day have to do some drastic measures and launch Kofi over the top and over the head of Jinder. It was a hell of a spring. That was incredible. That was the good part. Yeah. To the spot. (laughs) The Trouble in Paradise then eliminates Jinder. But then Andrade Almas tosses Kofi out and he was really smart here. He saw New Day were on that side of the ring like, Oh, no, 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 I'm going to throw you out on this side of the <laughs> ring. <laughs> so Kofi is definitely gone. I'm not going to WrestleMania. <laughs> Number 19 is Woken Matt Hardy. Yay! Cole explains he's reached his breaking point and now he's woken. Cheers, Cole. <laughs> if he's reached his breaking point, do you not think maybe he'd be, I don't know, something else? Yeah. Broken. Broken, <laughs> He kind of indeliberately teams up with Bray. Yeah, I quite liked that. It was it was nice. But then, obviously, all things come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> Very briefly. So they throw Rusev out together and then finally get round to brawling and eliminate each other. Yeah. Brawling over the top rope. Nice spot to keep their feud going. Mm, yeah. Because you know, they just had a throwaway match on Raw 25, which is a bit disappointing really yeah there's obviously more life to this than what we've given it yeah number 20 there's no one there oh no wait it's Gian Cena <laughs> that's why there's no one there because you can't see I couldn't see him at first yeah, yeah. <laughs> King decrees guys this is my pick to win the Rumble Royal yeah the Royal Rumble I mean. <laughs> Philly do the whole John Cena sucks thing and King quips they love him King had like four picks now this is my pick too yeah that, that's his stick yeah. it's just Ridiculous. it's more obvious when he was a heel because he'd only pick heels but now it's just like ah oh, it's my yeah. pick <laughs> and then they get eliminated he's like guys this is my pick <laughs> as you probably could have guessed if you've watched Raw 25 after Elias' attack he dumps Elias out over the top rope. Oh, man, I'm not winning. <laughs> no, Kyle's not winning either. I thought it was great just beforehand, though. The minute Cena gets in the ring, everyone stops what they're doing and batters him. Yeah. 
Number 21. <gasps> Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Holy shockers, Mighty Molly. It's the hurricane. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was a great callback. He tried to choke slam John Cena. Yeah. Just like in his first Royal Rumble match when he was trying to choke slam Austin and Dribbleation. <laughs> yeah, like I say, it's nice to see him. It's just, it's weird when you see the old wrestlers that aren't, they don't look how they should. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it's just, yeah, people get old, Kyle. No, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets thrown out by Cena. Number 22 is Aiden English. And then, number 23... Adam Cole, baby! Battered from the night before is Adam Cole, baby! Yeah, yeah I called that. Yeah, nice little nice little uh, sell of the, the ribs. It's one of them things that I, I said. You probably signed up and thought, oh shit, I've just had that match, now I'm going to do this. <laughs> it makes sense that you want to go ahead, though, because even if you're injured, you can quite conceivably, like... Try and blend into the background and pick your spots and stuff. Yeah. English gets up on the second rope and sings, but Finn pelees him over the top. Yeah. That's quite a funny spot. Number 24 is Randy Orton, who forgets to take off his hoodie, but <laughs> still RKO's Armas out of midair and eliminates him. It's a good showing for Manny. Very good. Shows that they, they rate him highly to give him a, a spot in the Rumble, but also for him to be in so long. <laughs> Did you see Orton blowing Philly a kiss? Like, yeah. Anticipating the smart game. It's like, yeah, I know I eliminated your fave. It's fine. Yeah. Number 25, worldwide, it's Titus O'Neil. And he nearly tosses Adam Cole out. Then number 26, the new Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, hits, in Cole's words, his vintage move on Seth Rollins. It's ridiculous. Not even going to bother giving it a name. No. <laughs> He DDT Cena, hits it kicks, and hits the school crushing finale on John Cena. Number 27. Oh, it's Dave's pick. Yeah. And what a fucking pick! Yeah. <laughs> Who's next? Oh my god! Are you kidding me? He's here! Oh, we're not kidding you, King! That's my pick! Ray Mysterio! Incredible. What a body. Oh my wonderful God. shape. He's looking in the shape of his life. Incredible. And I, I loved his, the pants that he had. Well, know. yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's back in his old traditional tights instead yeah. of like the, the over pants. Yeah. He eliminates Adam Cole with a victory roll over the top. Hits the flying dick to the face and the 619 to the Miz. <laughs> Number 28 is Roman Reigns. Mm. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia love him. Uh, I he love Roman. I know. He tosses out Titus O'Neil. Then the Mistourage help Miz survive before eating a really stupid double Superman punch. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you, you just have to laugh because yeah. what else can you do? Yeah. Rollins hits a curb stomp on Miz and then Miz gets shield bombed over the top onto the Miserage. Which was a slow spot because that took forever. Like, 
Are they in position? Yeah, right, okay, yeah. now we're good. <laughs> we're good. And then immediately, Roman eliminates Seth. How, how, I wonder, do you get more heel heat from the Philly crowd? Mm. Ah, I'll push Rollins out. Yeah. <laughs> a snake. <laughs> but to be fair, Rollins took it in good jest. Ah, you little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number 29 is Goldust, who gets loudly told by John Cena, Give me the punch! Yeah. Number 30 is out now, closing out the field of entrance. <laughs> oh, it's Dolph Ziggler. Yay! What the fuck did he have on his tights? Well, at first I thought it was a woman, but you all decided it was a vampire. It's like some kind of like, yeah, vampire, witch face, or Wurzel Gummies or something. <laughs> Cole ponders, I thought he retired or something. Yeah, I'm glad he's back. The minute that he came out here, I was dreading it because I heard a rumour that this whole walkout angle was to position him as the guy to win the Royal Rumble. Oh, wow. Which is a bit out of nowhere to me. Yeah, that is, yeah. He super kicks everyone and eliminates Goldust with one. But then Nakamura reverse power slams him over the top and Finn punches him off the apron. So Ziggler is tossed out in quick fashion. Yeah. Someone who won a title and is like, nah, I'm better than this. And then it's like, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble instead. And he blatantly doesn't win the Royal Rumble. No. No. Oh. oh dear. This then leaves us with an epic final six. So it's Finn, Ray, Roman, Shinsuke, Orton, and Cena. That's a hell of a lineup. Oh, stacked. All the veterans hit their finishes, and then a Superman punch allows Roman to eliminate Randy Orton. And Finn Balor eliminates Rey Mysterio after he hits a double 619 on both Cena and Roman. Mm hmm. The final four all stand off and you can tell from the crowd's reaction who they want to win this match. Now, we went into smart territory, didn't we, with mm-hmm. these final four because we did our own elimination. So we decided that Roman has obviously got his big fat paycheck for Mania against Brock. Yeah. Cena has got his big fat paycheck against whoever it may be. So that just left Finn and Shinsuke, which is how we deciphered it. So, yeah, there's this funny dynamic where Roman and Cena, who are blatantly nobody's favourite in the arena, clatter Finn and Shinsuke down. Yeah, yeah. And then there was one point where Roman and Cena are facing off and John Cena screams, Shinsuke, now, now! Yeah. And, oh, the good guys attacked him. Finn hits loads of sling blades and shotgun drop kicks. And does a great double stomp counter to the Kinshasa. Yeah, yeah, very nice. That's so smooth. But then immediately John Cena eliminates Finn Balor. I wonder if maybe that's a WrestleMania feud on the cards there? We shall see. Yeah. We have to laugh because John Cena is the only person in this match pointing at the WrestleMania sign. Yeah. Yeah. We went like 40 minutes without any reference to the WrestleMania side. John Cena arrives and does like four points in five minutes. But it's, it's in his contract. <laughs> yeah. 
Cena counters a spear with the attitude adjustment, but Shinsuke manages to haul him on the apron and shinnies away from the shoulder block attempt. That was brilliant. And he knees John Cena to the outside to eliminate him. <laughs> We're down to Shinsuke and Roman, and Shinsuke tells Roman to bring it. Yeah. Come on! Loved it. Epic. Something else we went a great deal of time without hearing, only to suddenly rear its head again. Oh, Cole's talking about his great buddy Shin again. It's ridiculous. How hard is it to say Shinsuke? Seriously. And it makes no sense to be all buddy-buddy. Like, you're the lead announcer on the opposite brand to Shinsuke. How are we supposed to believe, like, you know... It's not like Jim Ross and Stone Cold, like... Yeah, because we knew that they were buddies. Yeah, exactly. Shinsuke tries to haul Roman over the top rope with a triangle choke. Yeah. Just gets powerbombed. Then they trade Spear and Kinshasa counters. Before finally, Shinsuke hits the sliding Kinshasa and eliminates Roman Reigns to win his first Royal Rumble match after 65 minutes and 27 seconds. Right, that was just epic. That's one of the best rumbles for a long time. Definitely, like at least ten years since we've had one that good. Really, they probably thought, okay, we're not going on last, so we need to really try and make sure that this stays in people's memories just as much as the actual main event. Yeah, it was fantastic. Just such a well-paced and well-laid-out match. So many spots going on. The surprises were all great. Mm. The NXT lads did pretty well, and. Rey Mysterio. Just... I think what helped is that there was no shit picks mm-hmm. as well. Because normally in your Rumble, you get one or two where you just think, oh, you celebrity picks, if you will. Whereas this Rumble, other than we knowing that they weren't going to win the Rumble, everyone that came out had a genuine chance, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that helped the Rumble as well. When you got to the final six, just things hit a whole other gear yeah it's fantastic I love when you have that kind of match within a match near the closing stretch yeah Taker and Shaw 2007 is like the most prominent one and we got a bit of that with Shinsuke and Roman as well and it was really fun seeing them interact I thought yeah post-match Rene Young joins Shinsuke and he declares that he's going to challenge AJ Styles it is on it is it is and on Smackdown as well he name dropped like everybody. He would say Finn, knee to the head, and they like the crowd really got through. Roman, knee to the head. <laughs> AJ Styles, and then he said about him being the new champion, and he got a massive pop. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Just a few stats on the big performers in this Royal Rumble match. So we have the Iron Men, the people who lasted the longest. Top five were at number five, John Cena, lasted 29 minutes and 14 seconds. Number four, Andrade Armas, 29 minutes and 24 seconds. That's Great really debut yeah, show. Fantastic. Number three, Rusev, who celebrated Rusev Day for 30 minutes and 28 seconds within the match. Second was Shinsuke Nakamura, 44 minutes, 38 seconds. But the Iron Man of this match, Finn Balor, lasting 57 minutes and 38 seconds. Fantastic. That's really good. The culminative record is Chris Jericho. Yeah. With like four hours something. 
So if you think that's Finn's first, and he's going to be in a lot, he could easily break that record. Yeah. As far as eliminations go, in fifth place was Bray Wyatt, who had three, one of which was assisted. Joint third place were Shinsuke and John Cena, had three each. Second was Roman Reigns, who had four, one of which was assisted. And then, in first place, with four completely on his own, Finn Balor. Wow. So tremendous showing from Finn there. Yeah, brilliant. Backstage, the SmackDown bosses gloat about Shinsuke winning in front of the Raw bosses, telegraphing that a Raw superstar is blatantly going to win the Women's Rumble later on. Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. Stephanie promises that we will all be pleasantly surprised as well. Mm. We shall see. Yeah, I mean, there's blatantly going to be lots of surprises in that match as well. Yeah. We then get an absolutely ridiculous Colonel Rumble KFC advert that was won by Colonel Ric Flair. What the fuck? (laughs) We're around two-thirds of the way through, so since we've had some NXT people in the Rumble, I thought, why don't we talk about our thoughts from NXT TakeOver Philadelphia? Incredible. I've not had a bad NXT TakeOver. Yeah. Just, yeah, amazing. Um, Every single match. I think my standout was Alistair Black and Adam Cole. I thought it was a fantastic match. I just enjoyed the whole dynamic of it. I enjoyed the the story that was being told. I liked how the Undisputed Era came in to help and then all of a sudden sanity just appeared out of nowhere. I just that just helped it a lot. And it, it kinda made me think Alistair Black would be so cool in sanity. He would fit right in. But it obviously is a lone lone wolf, if you will. <laughs> The best thing about that match was when they both had the kendo sticks and Alistair Black just threw his on the floor and he's like, come on! (laughs) Brilliant. Ace. Yeah. Yeah, tremendous show. The two headline matches delivered, especially, like you're saying, Cole and Black, but the NXT title match. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. They'd had two matches the previous year, Johnny and Almas, and they were really, really good. And yeah. They didn't really get talked about quite in the same vein as some of the other really good matches we'd had on NXT. Yeah. I thought, well, hopefully now that they're headlining the show, people will talk about it a bit more, and fucking I did, they did. Yeah, yeah. It was a fantastic main event, and you could tell that both competitors just went for it, completely went for it. And the knee crusher on the side of the ring, oh my word. Yeah. That looks painful. (laughs) It's been some years since I've seen somebody as good as Johnny Gargano is at making you buy into a match through his work rate Mm. and, you know, building up his sympathy. Yeah, you feel sorry for him so much. Mm. Hopefully we're on our way towards DIY exploding. Yes. At uh, TakeOver New Orleans. Yes, we shall see. Yeah. Some people felt that the wrong man won that match. But like I think the Gargano and the Champa feud can sustain itself without the championship there. Yeah. And, you know, Alistair Black is the other guy that they're really blatantly pushing towards a title situation. Like, you know, I think if, if they didn't have him 
challenge for the title next, then it's just kind of like, oh, he's starting to spin his wheels a bit now. I think Alistair Black, if he doesn't win the title, I think he could be the next competitor, but if he doesn't win the title, I think he'll be the next push mm. into main, main event. And that's the other thing as well, so with him keeping the title, Andrade getting in this Rumble match, I think it just serves to weather people's expectations. So like sometimes, like you know, like last year when Dillinger turned up in the Rumble match, like what is he on the main roster permanently now, or is he not? If you're the NXT champion in the end of the Rumble match, you're blatantly not going to expect them to be on the on the main show. Yeah, very good one that. Yeah, and the other NXT alumnus, Adam Cole. I heard originally he was slated to challenge Bobby Roode for the US title. Mm. But if, like I was saying earlier, this matches more into the fact that he got battered by yeah. Alistair the previous night. Like he'd realistically expect to do better within the Royal Rumble than in a one-on-one match where, you know, you're guaranteed to be in an intense situation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, go and watch it. Yeah, highly recommend it. Match number four is for the Raw Tag Team Championship. The champions, Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan, defending against The Bar. Since Dean's had this absolutely debilitating arm injury, we've had this odd couple of Rollins and Jordan. It's stupid. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't like the whole Jordan's punching above his weight sort of way that they're going with this. He's a good good performer, he's a good wrestler, and I just think that this storyline is bad for him. Yeah. They show us a replay from earlier in the Rumble of Cesaro's daft elimination. Yeah. Why would you want to show that again? <laughs> oh my God, the row of international announced teams goes it all the way bigger, <laughs> bigger and better. I was listening to an older episode, actually. You pointed out, they always do this when it's the bar that's coming out, don't yeah, they? yeah. And they've done it again. <laughs> they must have something against the bar. Yeah. I think they've done it when Seamus has been solo as well. All right. It's just... I don't know. And just wants to hear Seamus' theme for a really long time. Or yeah. I had an immediate gripe with this match because Seth and Cesaro are the ones starting it. Why? They've already been in the Royal Rumble match. Why not start with the fresher duo of Jordan and Sheamus? Yeah, no, I agree. That makes total sense that the ones that have been in the Rumble for the longest, they stay out. We mentioned earlier about dodgy tag spots. There's another one here. Cesaro distracts Jordan when it really would have been easier for Jordan to stay put and make the fucking tag. Again, I know he's he's playing the storyline, but just doesn't work. No. It's not working. He gets sent, quote, faced first into the post on the outside by Cesaro. Chest. Yes. <laughs> Read chest first. <laughs> <laughs> Seth dives onto both of the challenges as medics start to see to Jason. This felt really too similar to the opener for me. Yeah. Lots of the baby faces having to work hard to like maintain the level they were at in the match. Yeah. There's lots of resetting from the heel side and yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Rollins wrist tape gets caught on the top rope and is very, very distracting. And the moment that I actually said that while we were watching, 
WWE listened. Yeah. Because, <laughs> oh, they stopped using the hard camera for a while, and then when they returned to it, oh, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bar worked for back of Rollins. They tried to nick Gable and Benjamin's finisher from the looks of it. Yeah. But Rollins Frankenstein is out of it and gets a decent run of offence, including a froggy splash to both of the bar at once. Nice move. Jordan finally tags in, immediately realises he's still knackered, and immediately tags out. This leaves Seth to the wolves. He gets bro-kicked and hit with the double-team white noise, allowing the bar to win and become new champions for the fourth time after 12 minutes and 49 seconds. I didn't enjoy the match. No. I didn't. The whole Jason Jordan angle is ridiculous. Get him in there. Get him wrestling. Find Sheamus and Cesaro winning the belts. You know, they, they've been a good pairing. the popular pairing. They are good as a team. They do work well. So fine, if you wanted them to take the belts, then fine. But give Jordan some time in the ring. I have to be honest, I zoned out for a large part of this match the crowd sounded knackered as well yeah like I said there was too many similarities with the opener I found out a bit of news today that might change your opinion as to why this match went ahead the way it did okay so apparently Jason Jordan has quite a severe neck injury and is struggling to Ah. feel his hands hence why he wasn't really in this match up here Wow. So this was just to serve to get the tag title off him. You you would think, though, that they would do a different sort of move to get him out of there because surely that's a snapback on his neck into the turnbuckle. Mm. But, okay, then, if that's the news, would Jordan and Rollins set to return, then? Oh, I don't know, possibly. It, like, I don't know what pace they really want this story to be going at. Yeah. Like, there's mumblings that they wanted Jordan and Rollins at WrestleMania. I thought with some of the stuff that happened after Raw 25 went off the air that they were maybe looking in at Miz and Rollins being a few going into WrestleMania instead. Yeah. I could maybe have seen them still losing, but Jordan doing something more definitive to become heel. Yeah. As opposed to just, you know, being... A dick. <laughs> a useless sausage. <laughs> a dick. Yeah. <laughs> We then get the video package for the Triple Threat match, hyping Beast versus Monster versus Machine and highlighting all three men's destructive capabilities. Yeah. I think a few people, and I think you might share this opinion, Kyle, that maybe the Braun stuff is getting a bit over the top. I do think that it's getting a bit OTT. Nothing wrong with Braun. I like Braun. I think for a big guy, he does a lot of, a lot of work. But I just think now we are getting into OTT territory. The whole, oh, somebody's left this here, so I'm going to now pull the stage down and, oh, I can now push over a truck. Like, it's not possible. I'm sorry, it's not possible. Just leave it. We understand that you can destroy everybody, in, you know, on the roster. We get that. Yeah. Just leave it at that. We don't need him to see him do... Stuff like pushing a, a truck over and pulling stage down, and you know, I just think that we're, we're starting to get into satire now more than anything. The staging one was the big miscue for me. Like, 
I don't understand what that structure was doing there backstage. Like, no. what purpose did it serve? Mm. Like, you can tell whenever there's going to be, like, a stage dive or something, because there's suddenly these boxes or, like, tables yeah. dressed up as as equipment or a bit of flooring and stuff. Yeah. And like, oh, what was that supposed to be anyway? Mm. So, this is our fifth match. Triple threat match for the Universal Championship. Brock Lesnar, accompanied by Paul Heyman, defending his title against Kane and Braun Strowman. The explosion that they have at the start of Kane's music now is just crap. This is where you miss having fireworks. Yeah. Graves proclaims, I feel like this is less of a triple threat match and more a trailer for the next Pacific Rim movie. That was bad. I like him as well. (laughs) That was bad. I, I didn't like Kane's costume either. It grew on me when I saw that his mask was at the heart of the flames, like on his knee. But yeah, I mean, the odds of somebody doing a neural handshake in this match are not high. No, I <laughs> Talk about Braun doing incredible stuff for his size. Fucking shotgun drop kick by Braun. Oh, I know. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. But like I say, he's great in the ring. And, you know, I always say I don't like big men wrestling. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. But it's something about Braun I don't mind watching. It's good. Yeah. Oh my Christ. Really early on, Braun wallops <laughs> oh Brock God. in the head with a knee. And Brock replies with a fucking brain punch. He knocks Braun the fuck out. I'm pretty sure that for, for at least three seconds, Braun had no idea where he was. <laughs> oh my God. The replay of that just looked totally devastating. Yeah. You can see his skull moving in his head. And have you found out what what Brock had actually said to him? No. What? You know where he blanked out? So he told him to slow the fuck down. Oh, okay. Which makes me think that the knee was real and the punch was real because the punch will have been, what the fuck, Ron? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess, I mean, spoilers, this isn't a particularly long match, so Braun might have been in a bit of a panic to get his spots in and yeah. stuff like that. Mm. But again, with Brock saying that, I know he was kind of in the wrong for nearly taking Braun's head off, but that just shows that Brock still has a wrestling mind to tell him to slow the fuck down. I mean, he could have done it in a better way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it does show that some people have this mindset that Brock's just here for the money and he's just here to beat people up, but he still does have a, some sort of wrestling brain there. Yeah. Kane chokes on Brock. Afterwards, he decides to return with a chair to try and even the score, but gets clotted with a lariat by Braun. Yeah. <laughs> you get the impression that they just don't like each other. No, no. It, um, it might come out that we might get a similar... Miss Cena angle with Braun and Braun where they just <laughs> go at each other. Braun attacks with the steps and sets up some tables. Choke slams Kane but gets suplexed off of the cover by Brock. Braun retaliates by power slamming Brock through the table and then takes a really crap tumble through the table that was stacked up in the corner. Yeah, that one was weird. F5 by Brock but this time it's Braun who suplexes Brock off of the cover. It's then that we get Booker uttering the immortal line when referring to Braun. It seems like he's got a boner that just won't quit. And we never saw Booker again. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, fast forward 24 hours, and who'd be signed to replace Booker on Raw? The coach! <laughs> I have a funny feeling it might have something to do with that line. Because <laughs> he suddenly just disappeared. <laughs> I'm kind of going to miss that awkward Booker commentary. But at least now he can return to the role that most naturally suits him. Which is calling the ESPN guys marks on the pre-show. Yes. Yeah. Brock F5s Strowman through the German table and turns the English table over his fucking face. I think the idea behind that was to get the table to land on him. Yeah, and not just focused on his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pro- properly trapping <laughs> instead of like <laughs> trying to rearrange his brain again. Yeah. Brock then F5's cane onto the Spanish table and it eventually breaks. Yeah. There's like a delay. It's like on Eurovision when you're waiting for results. <laughs> <laughs> Braun wakes up though and power slams Brock a couple of times but then gets seen off by Kane with a chair. Then mm. the finish comes when Brock counters a tombstone with an F5 on the chair to pin Kane and retain his championship after 10 minutes and 55 seconds. Well, mm-hmm. that was a bit of a clusterfuck, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I have to say. It's really clunky and awkward. They just seem to spam finishes and plunder spots for having a lack of better ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And again, not to give shit to the big guys but there's only so much you can do with big guys all the big guys at once definitely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, like a one on one there's so much more you can do but when there's three of you or four of you you are very very limited speaking of big guys we then get an advert for HBO's Andre the Giant documentary yes that looks fantastic I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing that yeah I I didn't realise it was a thing until this turned up. And, really? Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. And I'm um, really looking forward to it, yeah, I have to mm-hmm. say. We then get the video package for the main event, the Women's Royal Rumble match. Special thanks to Little Mix. <laughs> the highlight of this package for me was they had Naomi doing the rear view in time with the line, take it whoop down south. <laughs> <laughs> but did you not hear, I think, is it called that? said about thanks to like thanks to our friends Little Mix and I'm sure that it's Cole that then says and their friend Stormzy <laughs> well, I just name check Stormzy in it yeah because he's featuring on the yeah. track but you know, they never get to hear him for the clips they use I only copped this when on the pre-show somebody said big thank you to Stormzy for the track <laughs> I don't see Stormzy written yeah. on that text anywhere yeah Thanks to Little Mix's friend Stormzy. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, Kyle, your prediction came true. The woman in the headline spot of the show. Yep, go back a few episodes. I got it right. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I think this is great. This is the big draw of this Royal Rumble. It's the thing that differentiates it from all the previous Royal Rumbles. It's blatantly the attraction for this show. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Fair dues to the, you know, the guys have headlined like 80% of the previous Royal Rumble shows. 
If they can bump the fucking Royal Rumble match for a random Kurt Angle versus Mark Henry world title match, just because Taker wants to do a magic trick where he collapses the ring, yeah. then you know, they can make way for the women at yeah. that moment. Yeah. Who were your favourites going into this match? All the way through from them announcing it, I have 100% always said Asuka. And there was no, no one else close. There, there wasn't even a second person that I thought. Mm. I just 100% thought it's going to be Asuka. And I think that's just because of her whirlwind through NXT, her whirlwind through Raw, and it just it just seemed natural. Mm. That was my reason. Yeah, she was the top one for me. I thought maybe there was a left field thing, possibly Becky Lynch or someone like that. Like There was leanings of... Stuff at Survivor Series that could possibly lead to a good heel turn. Like, you know, she got eliminated really quickly. Yeah. Charlotte said on the pre-show, like, I would love to wrestle Becky Lynch, you know. Yeah, this did kind of feel like a vehicle for Asuka, potentially. But then again, it's like in the back of my mind, well, they could have her not win without having a loss, like yeah. a, a black mark on her undefeated streak. Yeah. So maybe there would be someone else that they could. Yeah, because I think, was it you or Dave that mentioned she'd lost a battle royal in NXT and that's not counted? Yeah, Dave mentioned that, yeah. yeah. So Jojo introduces us to our guest ring announcer, Maria Menounos. She got some booze, which I thought was a bit harsh. Yeah. Fair enough if you've got a quote-unquote celebrity turning up for a paycheck, but this woman is blatantly a fan of the product. Yeah. Like, you just have to listen to her reel off Dusty's Hard Times promo and think, okay, this is, you know, yeah. this is one of us. Yeah. Treat her as such, please. Come on, do it, Maria. You're yeah. on the spot now. Okay. Well, I am going to say when I see Ric Flair, I'm going to ask him how he feels about putting hard times on Dusty Rhodes. Exactly. Because you don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers are out of work in this country. They got four to five kids. They can't pay their wages. They can't buy their food. And hard times of when a man works a job for 30 years, yes. 30 years, yeah, and they man. give him a watch, Justify. and they, they kick him in the butt, and Let they say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. Now, the booze that came after. Well, because <laughs> <laughs> the first person Maria introduces is the guest commentator for the evening, Stephanie McMahon. Wife of Triple H. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> There's a lot of, oh, you're this person's wife in this match, which is <laughs> yeah. a little bit annoying. But then they perpetuate that themselves with a booking, but we'll get into that. <laughs> Cole says. Now, she won't tell you so, but she really is one of the trailblazers in the women's revolution. Like, I think she won't have a problem with saying so yeah, herself, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but sitting at ringside are the two champions, Alexa Bliss and Charlotte. Oh, drink every time someone mentions history. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think we all get the importance of this match. Yeah. Which is why we're a bit worn out by how often this comes up like just let the moment breathe yes I agree <laughs> so our number one entrant dressed as Wonder Woman is Sasha Banks she's made history <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie McMahon says well Sasha's making history just by being the first entry 
And we were speculating how bad this could get. (laughs) And this is how it starts. (laughs) Were we going to see, oh, she's making history just by being the first woman to enter at number 14 in the (laughs) Royal Rumble match? (laughs) Oh my God. Cole, at certain points of this match, has this really bad habit of turning everything around to include Stephanie. (laughs) So Sasha comes out here and he's like, oh, yeah... Her and Becky and Charlotte were brought in by Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> da 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 It's like a shit six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> it's like one degree of Stephanie McMahon. But quite a lot of the bones that they threw to Steph, she had no idea what to do. Oh, we'll get to that. Don't you worry. <laughs> Our second entrant is Becky Lynch. As Becky's coming out, Cole calls the match the Royal Ramble. Oops. So yeah, Becky and Sasha are starting this off with a really good, crisp technical exchange with some submission and toss-out teases. Number three from the Riot Squad is Sarah Logan. Cole (laughs) says here, Here is a young lady, Stephanie, with a really interesting background. Stephanie! (laughs) Stephanie! Stephanie literally doesn't speak until she spots a point in Cole's rundown of Logan's profile where she could go, ah, well, she's making history in this match. <laughs> literally. She's like a, a, a woody yeah. doll. <laughs> you pull the strings like, well, Sarah's making history again tonight. <laughs> Sarah does hit a really cool pop-up headbutt on Sasha. Yeah. Look devastating. Number four is Mandy Rose. And Corey Graves marks the fuck out. <laughs> Stephanie has to say, calm down over there. I love Corey. Oh, it's great. Number five. Our first surprise of the evening, and it is a tremendous one. It's the Hall of Famer, Lita, who gets a tremendous pop. Yeah. She has times up on her gear and also has names of past legends who'd passed away before they could get into this match, written on her sleeve. Yeah, which was nice. Nice touch. The way that the commentator said that was like it was a tattoo, though. The way mm. that they announced it. Because I got really... I was like, what? She's got a tattoo of them all. Yeah. This does as well cause Stephanie to name drop China. Which, in response to that, I said her ass cramped up when she said that. <laughs> China! <laughs> yeah, Lita gets a double clothesline on Becky and Sasha and gets to eliminate Mandy. Number six, another fantastic surprise entrant. The May Young Classic winner, Kyrie Sane. Pirate! Mark out. And you can see Charlotte marking out at ringside as well. I was like, oh yeah. Cole tells us she loves boating, hence her yacht persona. Persona. She's a pirate, mate. Come on. 
she batters everyone. It's great. And does her awesome top rope elbow to Sasha and then Becky. Yeah. Number seven is Tamina, who super kicks everyone, only to get DDT'd by Lita. Then Lita scores a twist of fate on Sasha and Becky, and does the moonsault onto both of them at once. And she got a chance of you still got it. Mm. And that's nice. Yeah. She then low bridges Tamina out, but then gets eliminated by Becky. Yeah, Becky got booze, didn't she, from for eliminating Yeah. Just such was the, the sentiment for Lita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number eight from Titus Worldwide is Dana Brooke, who does her handspring elbow to Sasha and eliminates Kyrie. I would have liked Kyrie to last a bit longer, yeah. I have to say. Number nine, another legend, Tori Wilson, with her tiny elbow pads. They're <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> she nicked her off Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> she hits the X Factor on Dana and eliminates her. Mm. Number ten from Absolution is Sonya Deville, who blocks her head scissors from Tori to eliminate her. Number eleven. From the Riot Squad is Liv Morgan. Tyler Bate likes this. Yes. Number 12, another great surprise, Molly Holly. Yes, very good surprise. Wonderful to see her. Nobody in this match probably deserves this spot as much as Molly. Mm. Genuinely one of the nicest people in wrestling. Yeah. She slams Logan over the top rope and hits a Molly go round on Sasha. Cole tells us. Molly was the forerunner of the women's revolution, fighting stereotypes. Yet, stereotypes your fucking storylines <laughs> perpetuated. I mean, come on, like, she was body shamed, she was virgin shamed. Yeah. You know, she had to put up with a load of crap. Mm. Number 13 is Lana, gets Rusev Day chance. Yeah. And number 14, you're not enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Never man in love with me. Never man. It's Michelle McCool. Awesome. She kicks everyone, and at this point, I'm thinking, hang on, where's Sasha and Becky gone? Yeah. This is a big gripe about this match. Loads of people slide out of the ring. It's just a tad confusing. Yeah. At least with the men's, they kind of hold up in the turnbuckle and they rest. I think that's where the women went wrong a little bit, is that maybe they should have done stuff like that. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a low work rate bit and you know just gathering yourself in this match. But it's just, you know, if you don't see someone in the ring, then oh, they're gone for the match. Yeah. So, you know, it just it helps us keep a track of things better. Yeah. Fans chant Undertaker at Michelle McCool. And she seems to take inspiration by that by fucking bodying everyone. (laughs) Gets four eliminations in a row. Sonya, Liv, Molly and Lana all thrown out in quick succession. Yeah. Number 15, the leader of the Riot Squad, Ruby Riot, has lots of hang-on spots. I love Ruby. I think she's really, really good. Then number 16, excuse me! Oh my boy. Excuse me! Vicky Guerrero! It's just embarrassing. It really is. She screeches at everyone. When I speak, you will listen to me. And Steph was like, ooh. Yeah. Like, she's like a teacher. Like, hearing people. Like, I remember one time we were walking home from school and I said something to you and we saw our old school teacher in the window like, ooh. Thinking about, that's what Stephanie was like. Uh. Everyone gangs up on Vicky and eliminates her. 
Then number 17, Miss Money in the Bank, Carmella comes out, gives Vicky a bit of lip, but then Vicky whacks her with the briefcase. Best thing she's ever done. <sighs> I disagree. I'm like, at this stage here, we're worrying, like, as if you're going to do the bleak Heath Slater booking with your money in the bank winner. Yeah. Come on. Number 18, Natalia is yanked off the apron by Carmella. And number 19 is Kelly Kelly, who hangs on when Natalia tries to dump her out, but then hits a pretty embarrassing slow-mo whirly bird head scissor. Yeah. And that allows Natalia to dump Michelle McCool out of the match. Number 20, Naomi. Cue rear views for everyone. Becky has a great hang-on spot, but then Ruby bites her fingers. And that sees Becky Lynch eliminated. That was a shock to me. Yeah. I thought she would have lasted a little longer. Yeah, she's had a fair go of it, though. Again, yeah. her and Sasha had been in from the start. Mm. Number 21, another Hall of Famer, is Jacqueline. And here we go again with Cole, two-time women's champion. Her second reign ended... Losing the women's title to the woman on our right, Stephanie McMahon. Thanks for that call. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Number 22 is Nia Jax, and she bodies everybody. Mm. She eliminates Jackie and Kelly Kelly, and then Gorilla presses Ruby onto the top turnbuckle to eliminate her. She then punches Naomi off the apron, but luckily... Naomi lands on a bunch of women that were hanging about below. Oh, I wonder what's happening here. (laughs) And Naomi is able to grab onto the barricade. Number 23, another big surprise, mirroring the men's match from earlier on, it's the NXT Women's Champion, Ember Moon. Mm. Barely able to hold her left arm above her head. That was my second good call. Yeah. I said Ember Moon. Again, good sell. Everything she did with one arm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. She has a nice little sequence with Naya. Meanwhile, Naomi starts to walk the barricade around to Maria's chair and then kind of rides it like a chariot. Yeah. Her legs staying on the chair, crawling to the ring She was getting too quick, though, at times. Yeah, I was really (laughs) worried. Like, oh, your feet are close to the edges. It's like... So, a la Kofi Kingston a few years ago, she survives. Mm-hmm. Only to get caught out of midair by Naya <laughs> and immediately thrown out. Number 24, another Hall of Famer, Beth Phoenix, mm. confronts Nia Jax to a huge pop, and this is awesome chance. Oh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. I, I love this. She's actually able to deadlift Naya in a firewoman's carry, and then Natty tries to help her for a brief pin up strong reunion. But Natty turns on Beth and eliminates her. Number 25. It's the favourite, Asuka. Who gets treated to Asuka's gonna kill you chance. As she hits strikes on everyone. And faces off with Ember again to a really big pop. Yeah. Ember hits the eclipse with one arm. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah, awesome. But she gets low bridged out and Asuka yanks the injured arm to eliminate her. Number 26 is Mickey James. And it's at this point that I know how you can tell whenever Carmella's in trouble because you hear screams off screen. Yeah. Number 27 is Nikki Bella returning from a second neck injury and she spears Natty and survives Carmella's Bronco Buster to eliminate her. And then everyone starts ganging up on Nikki. 
Cue number 28. <laughs> number 29 is Bailey, and she double stunners the Bellas into the ropes. And then our final entrant, rounding off the field with our final Hall of Famer, is Trish Stratus to a huge pop. Yeah. You couldn't have had the women's rumble without Trish. Absolutely not. Especially when she was on Raw the week before. Yeah. Double satisfaction to the Bellas and the stratosphere on Bailey. And then in an absolute mark-out moment, she winds up squaring off with Mickey James once again. Yeah. The stratosphere is blocked, but Trish chick kicks Mickey over the top rope. Then kicks by Asuka and Trish helps everyone gang up on Naya and eliminate her. And then Sasha tosses Bailey over the top rope. That's why I'm the boss. Maybe heading towards a heel turn here? Yeah, possibly, possibly, yeah. Natalia gets to sharpshoot Trish, but Trish eliminates Natty for revenge. Trish then mocks Sasha's pose. Yeah. Brilliant. But the satisfaction gets blocked and Sasha eliminates Trish. So we're down to our final four. It's Asuka, Sasha and the Bella Twins. Banks and the Bellas triple team Asuka, but then when Sasha goes for her corner knee stack, the Bellas dump her out over the top rope from behind. Mm-hmm. Asuka then kicks the shit out of the Bellas. Yeah. Oh my lord. Love the, it. She made the Bellas earn their lumps there. Yeah. Jesus. Bree's able to hang on while Nikki hits the rack attack on Asuka. But then Nikki hits Brie with the forearm to eliminate her. Nice twist. It's always Nikki turning on Brie, isn't it? Yeah. Asuka's able to hang on even from Nikki's forearm and then head scissors Nikki onto the apron and kicks her legs away and wins the Royal Rumble. To make history. (laughs) To make history is the first ever women's Royal Rumble winner after 58 minutes and 57 seconds. And Stephanie nicks one of her father's lines. Unbelievable! I had one gripe with the end of that. Go on. The finish. It just seemed very weak. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps a little bit underwhelming. I think maybe they were concerned we're protecting Nikki again. Yeah. I didn't realise until that Orlando WWE 24 show, she buggered her neck up again, spearing Tyler Breeze. Yeah. And that's why she's been missing for so long. Yeah. Other than that, again, really good match. Yeah, fantastic. Just like the men's match earlier on, it's had an amazing layout. They spread the legends out really well, I thought. Just really good pacing. Always had something going on. Kept things exciting. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was it was brilliant and it was everything that I was hoping for for the Women's Rumble. 100%. If this was the only Royal Rumble match on the show, it would definitely stand up on its own as yeah. you know, the, the worthy headliner and yeah. They absolutely killed it with the earlier Royal Rumble on this show. Mm. And again, they did very well here. This stands up with loads of the recent Royal Rumbles in past years. Yeah. Just again, as we were saying, the slide outs were a little bit confusing. So I'd like to see less of that next time. Yeah. And, you know, if we try to make this a permanent concept, they're going to need to have fewer legends. Yeah. Because, you know... It's just going to diminish the pop yeah. for people coming back. But you know, they've still got options for people to invite back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of options. Yeah, it'd be nice to see some of the fitter legends maybe coming back for a run. Like, Trish looked great. Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool's an odd one because 
all her Instagram and her Twitter posts and all that sort of stuff, she was hinting at something's happening because she's been training for so long yeah. just for the Rumble. So, I, I don't know. I agree, that's my other point, really. Like, I did wonder if maybe the Legends got to throw out too many people. No time's going to tell. This looks like a great setup for a return. It'd be a shame to not use this to their advantage. Yeah. In general, I, I was fine with it. Because, you know, these are women who put in the hard work but didn't have the opportunity to have this kind of spotlight. Yeah. So this is just a massive celebration of the past names on the roster as well. Yeah, yeah I agree. So in terms of top performers, the Iron Women, at five was Carmella, staying in for 18 minutes and 45 seconds. Number four, the winner, Asuka, with 19 minutes and 41. Third was Natalia, lasting 25 minutes 34 seconds. And then the top two were the two that started the match. Becky Lynch, lasting 30 minutes and 54 seconds. And Sasha Banks, lasting 54 minutes and 46 seconds. That's incredible. Yeah. That's really good. Again, like like Finn, similar to Finn. And do you know that Sasha's made history? <laughs> the woman to last the longest in the Royal Rumble match. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, again, like so much of that match revolved around her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picking spots out and stuff. So as eliminations go, in joint fourth place were Sasha, Natalia, Asuka and Trish, who had three each. In third place was Nikki Bella, who had four, two of which were assisted. Nia Jackson second, with four all by herself. And then the MVP, as far as eliminations goes, was Michelle McCool, who tossed out five people in total. And she made history! <laughs> that's not the only history making news we potentially have from this match after it's over the champions get in the ring and Asuka's about to make her choice of who to challenge and then out comes Rowdy Ronda Rousey yeah Steph quips I'm speechless yeah we heard earlier on in the match now I heard a few days previous to the rumble that Ronda had signed off with WWE for Roddy's copyright so I was wondering how they was going to use that. And obviously when she came out, it was quite clear that it's the same text, the same writing, mm. everything. One thing I really appreciated, she came out to Bad Reputation. Yes. Just hearing licensed music again in WWE like really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. It just gives it a really different feel and yeah, it's just a different kind of pace to the music and stuff totally different vibe and mm. it's really nice to hear a song you recognise yeah 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 so Ronda gets in the ring points at the Wrestlemania sign and then goes to congratulate Asuka but Asuka bats her hand away yeah Ronda points at the sign again and then shakes Stephanie McMahon's hand on the outside yeah it's spawned a whole bunch of memes and Ronda pointing at shit yeah, it's a weird one because when she was leaving the ring, she looked at Charlotte and said, I'll see you at Mania. Mm, yeah. That, so obviously when the May Young Classic was around, they had her confronting yeah. Charlotte a little bit there. We shall see. Yeah. That'd be an obvious pairing to draw to, I think, as far as... Well, moving on to SmackDown, Charlotte mentioned about Ronda and that obviously Mania's coming up soon. Now, before she could say anything else... The Riot Squad came out. 
and Ruby Riot had quite a bit to say, saying that Charlotte can't pick her opponent. It's got to be done the legitimate way. Mm. And they tried to beat down on Charlotte, but Charlotte beat them away. So there's your up-to-date on the whole women's division. Well, I've been speaking of the women's division post the Rumble. So on the Raw side of things, we're going to get a history-making first women's elimination chamber match. Yes. With the title on the line. Mm. So, I don't know, it seems to be that they're trying to lead you into Asuka being the challenger for the Raw title. And then something else is going to happen with Charlotte. Mm. I've heard vague rumours that they're finally going to try this mixed tag that they've been pitching for years. like with Triple H and Steph. And Ronda and Rock. Yeah. I'd like to see that. But it's it's getting Rock out of his... Filming his medi- Well, no, it's his medical. All right. Be- because of him filming, they can't pass his health and safety because if he gets injured in a wrestling ring, his contract is void in mm. the films. That's the, the down point. All right. Commitment-wise, he, he said that he, he'd be happy to do like a 48-hour day of flying there, doing that, coming back. But it's contract-wise, if he got injured in the ring, it voids everything. Okay. That's kind of like what happened with Mickey Vaught, really. Yeah. I'd like to see him do it, if he, if he can find a way around it. We'll see. Lots of intrigue for the future, now. Yeah. Final thoughts on the show. Who's a standout performer? What match did you enjoy the most? Final thoughts. I really enjoyed the Royal Rumble. I thought it was a really good watch all the way through. It's one of the best Rumbles I've seen in the last few years. Standout performer. It's tough. Because I'd like to say AJ, because I like AJ. And I know he's wasted just being on that first bit and he wasn't in the Rumble. Mm. But as of matches-wise, AJ was my standout. Rumble-wise... I'd have to go for Finn. And I, I just think that they trust, they obviously trust him to have been that glue within the Rumble to keep him there for so long. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, they keep, keep pushing him forward. Mm-hmm. A close second in that Rumble would be Shinsuke for obvious reasons. Women's side, I think we were for Trish. Just because when she came in, she shocked me of how up to scratch she was with everything. Having been away for so long mm. she was on top form with absolutely everything so they're, they're my picks yeah nice yeah like you I really really enjoyed this show it was a bit of a trade off for me because like some of the undercard matches outside of the Royal Rumbles weren't as good mm. as previous years I still think like in terms of you know the running time and stuff this really flew by yeah. like this is for me the pay-per-view for Deals with the extended run times, the big four, yeah, the best. The two Royal Rumble matches just totally knocked it out of the park. I think the men's Royal Rumble was the standout match for me. Yeah, but both of them really delivered, and you know you could have them on as the headliner of a single show, and it, it you know it worked really well. Yeah, standout performers. Well, like I have to kind of go with the iron performers of the match the people lasting the longest in the rumbles you mentioned Finn earlier and Sasha as well and I got to kind of lean towards Sasha really because I thought she was more integral to to her Royal Rumble match as far as like spots and things like that yeah yeah it was very very good fun I definitely recommend you check out the two rumble matches anyway yeah absolutely that'll wrap it up for this episode 
Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at TNWPodcast to keep track of our comings and goings. We're also on Facebook and SoundCloud, which is a good place to catch up with our previous episodes as well. There's a big playlist of all of our past episodes and also my appearances on the Roy's Nitro podcast. You can also subscribe to us on Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts. Give us a review or a rating and a subscription that would really help us in terms of visibility. Yes. Next time, I guess we could do another progress show. That's that is next. Yeah. It will be the trio again. Yeah. Chapter 63, is it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, chapter 63, yes. Yeah. Progress will be next. So yeah, we'll be there at the Ritz in Manchester on February the 11th. If spotters come say hi. Yeah, come say hi. We, we will be out there in full force. Progress shirts on. I will have my British strength style mm-hmm. Triple H shirts on. It will be my second progress shirt. And I'm looking forward to it. You're making history, Kyle. I am making history. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The first show was amazing. And I'm expecting the second show to be amazing as well. Magic. Well, we'll leave all you lovely people with that. It's a goodbye from Kyle. See you later. And I will see you next time. And it's a goodbye from me. I'll catch you down the road.